Wow, come on, say amen. Let's just bless the Lord for the sanctuary choir today and for their ministry. Put our hands together and praise the Lord. This is a beautiful day. And my eyes got a little teary-eyed as I saw these deacons and deaconess come down the aisle and be acknowledged. Come on, say amen. For years of ministry i mean if i did the math maybe we ought to do the math i mean if you did the math and combined all the years of ministry sitting in this group here you have hundreds and hundreds of years maybe thousands uh, a thousand come on say amen somebody say pastor you better learn how to count come on ain't that many folk up here right? <laughs> the point is is god has blessed our church with just a wealth of uh, talent uh but gifting and we thank the Lord today again. I just can't stop. I know I didn't ask y'all to clap a thousand times, but let's again, let's affirm these folk. This is awesome. This is just awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I uh, also want to uh, take a moment before we open the word of God uh, to uh, thank um, in a very uh, public way uh, the ministry of uh, technology and media and sound uh, uh, skip uh, thank god for uh, him today and we got some new folk in the back and uh, skip is working with them and training them uh, he is kind of riding off into the sunset to pursue other areas of ministry and i just wanted to publicly uh, thank him for the job he is doing and training our folk back there give her amen come on say amen <laughs> we thank the lord uh, for that i want to also remind you tomorrow we have an important family meeting here at the church at 10 o'clock. All right, enough said. Let's stand together as we read the word. Uh, it will be there on the screen, Matthew, uh, the third chapter. Uh, and um, we will read verses 13 and onward. If uh, you don't mind just hearing a little word today, let me hear you say amen. amen. Now, I know some folk are already saying that. All that. He going to preach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what y'all come here for? To see them or to hear the word? <laughs> Both, huh? Okay. Uh, but let it be known that uh, we believe that the word of God is centered to the worship experience. We got to hear him say something today. Come on, say amen. Got to hear him say something. And so Matthew, the third chapter, just look there at the screen and let's read together in concert. The Bible says, Matthew three, it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill what everybody to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. He agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the what? And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, now, now this is my sermon right here. So y'all want to watch this. Watch this. Watch this here. A voice from heaven said, together, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. Let's bow our heads. Father, today help us as we try to discover what, not what would Jesus do, 
but what in fact Jesus did. Instruct us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Is our prayer in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I think it is uh, a Holy Ghost inspired that today's text will be the first starting point uh, for our series. Last week we had a little introduction as to uh, what would Jesus do. And we said that we ought not be trying to figure out what he would do. Uh, let's just nip this in the bud and find out what he did. Come on, say amen. Uh, let's not try to prognosticate and be deep. Well, if Jesus were here today, he would do A, B, and C. Listen, I, I agree. I believe that he probably would be at a bar trying to help somebody. But uh, we got evidence in scripture what he did do. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then some of us say stuff like, "Well, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not Jesus." You know, you know, don't expect that from me. I'm just a struggling Christian trying to make it. I'm just trying to get in. I'm not Jesus. Oh, but my friend, I, that sounds good. And that really makes us feel good when we, when we ain't doing what we ain't supposed to be doing. But the truth of the matter is our standard, and please don't misunderstand me here. Our standard is not Ellen White. Our standard is not uh, these beautiful folk dressed uh, here in the front and the beautiful white that they have on. Our standard, not the elders or the preacher. Uh, if somebody does something stupid that's a leader in the church, don't you leave. Don't get mad. Don't say ain't no, ain't no real Christians. The bottom line is our standard is Jesus. Period. The person we're supposed to be emulating and identifying with is Jesus Christ. I suspect today that one of the problems with Christianity is that we want a different kind of Jesus than the one that the Bible pictures. And the truth is, is if we really understood the life of Christ and our responsibility, somebody say responsibility. Oh, oh, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Maybe we ought to just establish from the beginning of this message today, how many have been blessed by Jesus himself? How many have received something from Jesus in this lifetime? How many know the Lord has made ways in your life? How many know that the Lord has stepped in when you needed him to step in? How many know that he will always till God, till Golgotha's uh, healed and got on a cross for your sins? Not sins you did 20 years ago, but for the stuff that you don't even know you're doing right now, he did that. Let's just agree today that he is worth, he is worthy, he is worthy for us to identify ourselves with him. At the end of the day, has anybody ever prayed this prayer? Lord, make me like Jesus. And the minute he starts doing that, you start blaming it on the devil. The devil is busy. Ah, folk bothering me. The devil getting in folk. If you study the life of Christ carefully, you will see that Jesus' life was a nonstop whirlwind of demonic attack. Now, if you ask to be like Jesus, then you ought to expect to experience the life Jesus experienced. Oh, y'all missed that in here today. I'm tired of folk always complaining about being persecuted. Rejoice! Folk talking about me, they bother me, they getting on my nerves, they doing this, they doing that. I just can't get nobody to support me. I can't get nobody to love me. I can't get nobody to do right by me. can't get nobody to, to, to understand me. I, 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 hey, guess what? Then you're just like Jesus. Everybody fake out there. Ain't nobody real. Ain't no real Christians. Everybody talking behind my back. I can't get nobody out there. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm just being facetious. It's all them. But guess what? You're getting what you asked for. 
You signed up for this. Is your stuff that tight where you ought not to expect what your heavenly father, your, your savior went through? Are you not, are you that good? You too good to go through what Jesus went through? Are you that spiritual and that deep that you can't even walk the same road that Jesus walked? When we go through hell, we ought to bless his name. When we experience persecution, we ought to rise up with our hands in the air and say, thank you for allowing me to experience what you've experienced. Christianity, as the screen says, what does it say? It's not about being good. It's about imitating Jesus and becoming like him. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of Christ as children imitate their parents. Just reviewing, following Jesus, we also learn, is about denying what? And what? And following the lead of Jesus. And hear me carefully. I want to just uh, expose the de deceiving preachers out there. Prosperity gospel is anti-Christ. This name it and claim it. If I serve God, I ought to expect a blessing. Okay, now look at Jesus' life. He did not own a mansion. He did not drive a Bentley. He didn't have a car. Bible says he didn't have any place to lay his head. Amen, somebody. I'm not saying we ought not expect to be blessed by God because the, the Bible does tell us we can expect the blessings of God. But as I said before, many of us want the blessings of God. We don't want the obligations. Listen to me right now. Some of you are doing everything you can to ignore what the Holy Ghost is saying right now. But I pray that he penetrate your heart and your mind as he did me. Hear me now. You want him to wake you up every morning and give you breath. You want him every day to keep warm blood. And you don't want to get sick. You don't want to be in the hospital. You don't want anything bad to happen to you. You want him to take care of all your toys and make sure your room is clean and your, and your life is nice and nothing harms anything you have. But then when he asks you to do something, you're saying, I'm not ready. It's not my calling. This is not my ministry. It's an insult to the one that saved you. Anybody who has children knows what I'm talking about. When you, I mean, come on now, I'm getting mad now even as I'm preaching. Got these little knuckleheads called kids. Y'all should have told me about this thing. Come on, say amen. I might have thought twice. Come on, say amen. Truth is, I ain't planning to have any of them. Come on, say amen. The Lord did. Come on, say amen. Let me leave that alone. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, is you have these kids and, and you wake them up and you, and you buy them all these clothes and they're living up under your roof and they're eating your food and you're paying their tuition and, and, and you, you take care of them when they're sick and you're laying up all night and you're praying for them. and I mean, you're just extending yourself to them. And, and when they act unappreciative, then that, does that drive you crazy? Come on in here, somebody. When they forget what a, what a hand of God has moved through you to bless them and they, and, they, and they act like they can't say thank you or just acknowledge what you have done. Well, the same thing your kids do to you is what most of us do to Jesus. Let one of us lend somebody some money and they not pay us back. Then we run around telling everybody, you know she ain't right. Uh, she was down on hard times, and I said I was going to help her out, and, and I gave her a little money, and, and I'm seeing her in church, and she won't even, she act like she, ain't even, she don't even owe me no money. She won't even respond. Now, you do it every day. 
You take his breath, you take his life, you take his grace, you take his mercy, and you may say thank you with your mouth, but your life is not a reflection of his. That's a slap in the face. Let me get on out of here. Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, read, if anyone desires to come after me, let him do what? Let him do what? Watch this now. Careful. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to come after me, Adrian, if you want to follow me, if Tiffany Macklin, if you're trying to serve the Lord, first step, Richard, he says, let him deny himself. All right. What's next then, Lord? He says, oh, oh, by the way, and after you've denied self, which is probably the hardest thing in the world to do. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, then take up your cross. Woo! Wait a minute now. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. He says, and then what? We're not even ready to go. And then this this thing just hit me. I understand why now. If you're not self-denying, which is unselfish, if you're not unselfish, and if you're not willing to suffer, then you cannot follow God. Let me tell you why. Because where God is going to lead you in order to get where he has promised for you to get He cannot lead you around selfishness and he cannot cause you to avoid suffering. The reason why is he's going to take you down the same exact path that he went because his path is the blueprint for the next level. His path is the blueprint for success. His path is the blueprint for salvation. But many of us want to be Christians in name and in culture and because our family members are and because we're just too scared to go to hell. Some of y'all are not going to understand what I'm about to say. Stop coming to church then. Stop. For what? Why are you doing this to yourself? You know deep down in your heart, you have no intention of denying yourself, no intention of picking up a cross. I'm, t- I'm telling you. See, the pastor, how can you discourage? Ain't you supposed to be trying to get folks? Listen, you know what Jesus said? When folks tried to follow him, the first thing he said is, he says, you better consider what you're doing. For real. Consider, consider what you're doing. Coming to church just to placate God does not benefit your walk with him. You gotta come with a mind that says whatever. I'm preaching to me. Whatever you, woo, I'm scared to say it. Wherever you lead me, my God, my God, my God, my God. Wherever you lead me, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No matter what road you decide to take me down. I trust you. Woo! Help me, Lord. See, I'm saying this knowing that my life, as normal and comfortable as it is now, cannot, cannot, not just will not, cannot remain that way if I'm going to get in the kingdom. I am an unfinished product right now. God is not through with me yet. And I know that there's some stuff in my life, some stuff I know about, some stuff I don't know, that only God can deal with. And I've got to take 
his medicine. I'm not preaching the rest of this stuff today. I'm going to stay right here. I'm, I'm pretty much done. Listen. I want to do everything I can today to discourage you from, mo- from being a part of modern, traditional church Christianity. It's fake. Coming to church, enjoying services, you know, all, I mean, come on now. This is not real. This is a moment in time. And it reflects absolutely nothing about who you really are in Jesus Christ. Some of us don't like hearing that because we got the list out. I've been, I've been coming to church for X amount of years. I go to Sabbath school. I eat right. I'm nice to people that are nice to me. I, I ain't really never killed nobody. I ain't, I, ain't really, I ain't really done nothing real bad, you know. I, you know, I ain't, ain't like I, you know, murdered or, or, well, think of, come to think about it, you know, the Bible does say if, if you hate somebody, you murder. Well, I murdered a little bit, but I mean, come to think about it, I ain't really, I'm, well, I guess I did lie, it's a little something, but lying is not as bad as, you know. I'm moral, I'm middle class too. So I can't be as bad as the people in the projects, can I? I mean, they, those are the people that really need God. You know, last week we talked about going into the rough neighborhoods of Cleveland. Maybe we ought to go in the suburbs. Maybe we need to go there first where we, are, we have this false sense of security. Everything's well, but y'all ain't saying amen because y'all know there's all kind of hell going on, whether you're in the projects, whether you're in Bratnall, whether you're in East Cleveland. It don't matter where you are. Whether you work for the government of this local city, they all corrupt. Come on, say amen in here. All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us have turned to our own way. That's why today I actually I come to this place not because I want to fix. I come to this place because I want him. Him, him. I don't just want his miracles. I want him. And if wanting him and having him means going down a road that is less traveled than whatever you got, I just want to be saved. Been through too much hell down here. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk. I don't know where he's going to take me. Come on in here, somebody. I don't know what the road might look like ahead of me. But one thing I know for sure, I can trust him. I can trust him. I know that he is faithful. I know that he is merciful. I know that he is kind. I've tried him for myself. And I found him to be a way maker, a provider, merciful. If you don't love God's church, you don't love him. He said, this is my body. I'm the head of this thing. And even, so, even though the arms are deformed and they got gangrene, even though some of the parts of the body got AIDS, spiritual or otherwise, even though there's spiritual cancer all in the body, 
Even though some of the parts have suffered atrophy because they ain't doing nothing, guess what? It's my body. Even though some of the hands think they're actually elbows and some of the elbows actually think they're fingers, they don't know who they are, they're hypocritical, guess what? Still my body! Last point. Let me, let me just make this very clear. When God showed me this, it knocked me off my, it just knocked me out. There's only one thing that Jesus lived for. And all my life, Sister Jeter, I thought that the motivation behind Jesus' life of unselfish, self-denying ministry. You read in Desire of Ages, it says there was never a person that came to him that asked for help that he didn't help. Translation, anytime somebody comes to us for help, we ought to find a way to help them. Watch this though. All my life, I thought that Jesus did everything he did for me. He died for me. He walked this earth just for me. Doesn't that sound good? We got a song about just for me. But that's a subtle, idolatrous theology of the mission of God. Watch this now. <sighs> Y'all ready? <laughs> if Jesus is our example and he died and did all that just for us, then we are to do everything we do just for each other. But that won't work. My motivation in life Ought not be Carl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all better get this. Even the text that we use, John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world, God the Father, <laughs> that He gave His Son." So, what drove Jesus? Let me show you. Can you be patient? I'm skipping some stuff, but I got to show you this text so you'll know I ain't lying. What I'm basically saying is Jesus did not do all he did just for us. Sounds good. (laughs) Let me tell you the real deal. Jesus, (laughs) what was his motivation? Some of y'all getting with it. But you don't, but you, we don't like the idea that he did. I thought he did all that for me. Well, this world doesn't revolve around you. The great controversy ain't about you. Ain't about saving you. It's about his character and his reputation. Why did Jesus do everything he did? If you look at the most difficult points in Jesus' life, what got him through was not you. Because you almost annihilated the whole plan in the Garden of Gethsemane. If Jesus would have saw just you in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wouldn't have went through with it. Y'all better receive this word today. (laughs) You ain't that special. Come on in here, somebody. (laughs) Oh, mercy, Lord. 
Watch this. Jesus' father was his motivation. Watch this. John 8, verse 28 says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, and that I do nothing of my, uh-oh, but as my, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The, I, I, I dare you, and by the way, I prepared how to go through the Gospels in one month. I'm going to have those for you. Uh, I have those for you Wednesday night. But if you study the life of Christ, there's a repetitive word that he would use all the time. My father. Everything's like, my father. Oh, my father, my, my father. My father, my, my father. My, my, my father. You show me my father. His response always went back to his, he was under submission. <laughs> Most of us like to be over. <laughs> oh, Lord. We like to be over. Oh, man. And the minute we got to be under, we out. We don't like being under. Many of us don't do well submitting. But Jesus' whole life was based on submission, not to us, but to his father. Watch this. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. See, that's what will get you through tough times. Through your, your, the, love that your, that your, the love that your husband has for you and the love that your wife has for you will not get you through marriage. The trust that you know that God put you in this relationship. And so no matter how this Negro is acting, no matter how this sister is acting, I'm, I'm still going to hang in there because I never made vows to them in the first place. My vows were. The father has not left me alone for always. For always. I do those things that please Let me, can I go here for a second? Let me just throw, let me just talk to the men just for a minute. As I do my research for this doctoral project, one of the things I found out is that Jesus' life, as we said, was driven by his father. One of the reasons why we have 30 women in this circle right now and not an additional 30 men is because men have not embraced spiritual fatherhood. Jesus is the quintessential man, right? There's never been a man like him. He is the perfect example of, the man, of a man, brothers. But you know what was the driving force in Jesus' life? His father. Don't take lightly not having a father. <laughs> oh, y'all don't want to hear this thing in here. He says the things that please him. If you had known me, they were like, who are you? Uh, Pharisees were like, hold on now, your mom was married, and if we remember correctly, she was pregnant before your daddy got with her. They called him a bastard. And he responded and said, um, fellas, if you had known me, you would have known my father. <laughs> I love the words just talking to us now. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Listen here, Christians. Any Christians in here? That's what the world ought to be saying about you. They ought to say, hey, we know who Jesus is because we know you. Jesus ain't coming down here in the form of a visible uh, person. 
The, all, the risk he's taking is, I, 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 am, I believe that there's going to be some folk who are so wrapped up and tied up in me that, that listen, I, I'm going to take such the risk that I don't even think I got to go down there physically. I trust that there are some folk who are going to be so wrapped up in me that when people see them, they'll know me. Just a few more scriptures. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, uh, have not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me. Philip, he who has seen me has seen the... So how can you say, show us the... Do you not know, do not believe that I am in the Father? See, there it goes again. That's all he talks about. I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me. I'm feeling all right today. Believe me that I am in the Father. And that the Father is in me, Lord Jesus. This is not Myron today. This is Jesus. That's what you ought to be able to say. See, don't, oh Lord, the problem is people see too much of you. Your motivation in life, cavers, should not be them. It ought to be him. I'm done. Done. I'm finished. That's it. They get it. Ain't no need for me to elaborate on this. So if Jesus is our example and the Father was his motivation, not us. That bothers some of us here today. And don't get me wrong, yes, Jesus loves us. The song is not telling you a lie. But what got through Jesus through in life was not us, but was his father. Look even at the cross. The only thing he could talk about, Father, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? I'm not used to not being with you. <laughs> this, this is a little uncomfortable for me. I can't just walk around in my own skin. Where are you, Father? <laughs> and, and, and even when he thought about us, he said, Father, forgive them. <laughs> it's all in the word. I know I'm in the word today. Y'all can say, y'all can go around here telling that lie all you want. He loves me so much. It's all Jesus loves me. Yes, he does. But what saved you was his commitment to his daddy. Deacons, deaconess, elders, the rest of those of us who call ourselves leaders, we do not serve the pastor. You don't do your work because they cooperate. We don't do ministry. Well, there's so much, con there's so much mess going on in there, so I'm just going to remove myself. You, how dare you? Jesus gathered 12 messy folk around him, and he did not leave them. His whole ministry was in mess. Everybody around him was messy. Everybody around him was after him. Are oh, y'all not feeling me in here today? But I want to praise him today that he stayed around mess. He came through mess. He got in my mess. He gets in your mess. The least you can do is do what he did. Praise him because he's a God who 
clean up a mess. Who do you think you are? I'm preaching to myself. How I, I, I'm amazed at myself sometimes. How, how I want, I, listen, I tell y'all, there are days I come to this job and I want to do it, and there are more days where I want to quit. And generally, we want to quit when our focus turns toward them instead of keeping our. <laughs> and let's consider this too. Ain't nobody in here that faithful. Can I talk about this thing? See, the only way you can just, they're so unfidel, is because you have automatically identified yourself as the one who is so excellent, so faithful, so detailed, so God's favorite. Well, guess what? He chose Judas too. We all trying to be saved up in here. Come on, y'all. Here's the appeal. Somebody today needs to get their motivation off of peripheral stuff and get your motivation to do what you do. Not only to imitate the life of Christ, but your motivation is to be like him. If that's your desire today, I invite you to stand. That's my invitation. Yeah. Mm. When I read that, Craig Long, I said, man, I got a bad attitude. Gabriel, I, I, I was thinking that it's about them. I ain't here because y'all need me. From my perspective, I'm here because I need y'all. Y'all going to help me to be saved. And some of y'all doing a real good job of it. Help me, Lord. And I'm helping some of y'all too. Come on, say amen up in here. And I ain't just talking about what my preaching. I'm talking, I mean, come on now. He says, do what you do. Because he's your motivation. And listen, these are the words that I want to hear him say. We ought to live to hear this. This is my beloved daughter son in whom I'm pleased can, can you see can you see Jesus and y'all see him sitting next to his father and he and the father when they see us trying to be like him they look at each other and they just smile I imagine they might high five one another and say to themselves <laughs>